I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello, Sine. Hello. Every to- good Top Gun fighter pilot has to have a call sign, don't they? Mm. Now, I was going to ask you what you wanted to have, but then I thought that could be too difficult. But what I've done is I found a call sign generator. I've got your name ready to go. Do you want to find out your call sign? Yes, please. But does it give any information around like passwords I would have online? I don't think so. Okay, great. I think it just generates a number name. You know, randomly. it's like the first street you grew up in and your mother's maiden name just and all of a sudden. Okay, just okay. Yeah, okay. Okay, here we go. You ready? Mm-hmm. You'll be known as... <laughs> what? Micawba. <laughs> Micawba? M-I-C-A... W B E R. Mikabor? <laughs> this doesn't go. The fact that we don't know how to pronounce it is a great sign. Wilkins Mikabor was from Charles Dickens' David Copperfield. Mikabor. Okay. Do you want another one? I mean, I kind of want another one, yeah. Let's give you another one. Okay. <laughs> Abyss. That's pretty good. Ooh. That's pretty good. I don't mind that. Let's forget about Mikabor <laughs> or Macabre. All right. I better get one too. Okay, here we go. Press submit. Mm, I don't like this one. What is it? Ablo. <laughs> <laughs> it's like someone's mispronouncing our prime minister's name. It I'm is. I'm going to give myself another go. Okay. You got two, so. But I've got to go with this one, okay? This is my, my second chance. So hang on, are you going to risk it? Because, like, what if you get something that's worse than Ablo? We'll see. Okay. Lieutenant Lonnie Silky Gilroy. I don't like that. One more go then. (laughs) (laughs) I didn't mind Silky, but all right. This is it. Definitely third time with the charm. Okay. You can call me. (laughs) Sock. (laughs) (laughs) Sock. (laughs) Is it the item of clothing? That's what it says. Well, right. Abyss and Sock coming at you live. <laughs> well, the best character in this film is called Bob, so, you know. No, Sock isn't good, is it? Sock isn't good. Hello there, this is Sock. I'm here with Abyss. How's it going, Abyss? <laughs> good, thanks. We have seen... Oh, this, this podcast will be reviewing movies, by the way. That's called I Don't Like Your Movies. I think they got that. That was fine. Okay, sweet ass. Well, mm. good. Well, Top Gun Maverick is the film we've seen this week. It is. Is it the most movie movie, probably the most moviest movie since Mission Impossible Fallout, I would say? Yeah, I'd agree with that. And what's the common denominator there? Mr. Cruz. Mr. Maverick. What's your experience with Top Gun, Sine? Um, So I saw the original as a child perhaps i think i watched it with my parents because they're like here's this classic film you need to watch and like i watched it forgot pretty much everything that happened in it but then i re-watched the original before i went and saw mavericks just to get you know refreshed and listen mm-hmm. i thought i would have to come on the pod and 
defend my love for this film, turns out I don't really have to because everyone loves it. Everyone loves Top Gun Maverick. Have you seen the original? Did you watch it before this? I watched it in preparation for this. It's it's not too bad. It's fun, kind of funny though because it's not really a, a movie about... Well, it's a movie about Top Gun, the flight school, mm-hmm. and then at the very end they, they throw in a mission... Whereas Top Gun Maverick is like, no, we're doing a whole mission movie, which I think is much more interesting. Mm-hmm. But the first one pretty much just goes on the vibes, doesn't it, of Tom Cruise and these all these attractive young men and the rivalry between him and Iceman and whatnot. It's, uh, it's a very different sort of movie, even though it's kind of <laughs> very much the same, if you understand what I'm getting at. It, I like, that's what I like about Top Gun Maverick. It's like, okay, here is the mission. Here are the clearly defined goals that we're heading towards Mm. and we're gonna nail it yeah i liked how small and simple the plot was like it was Mm -hmm. very we're just gonna focus on one mission and as you said do it really well there's no convoluted sort of things that are thrown in yeah we're not not trying to save the universe or Mm. save the planet it's just they've got one mission we've got to do um i think some of that that scale you, you're mentioning there is probably to do with the fact that they very clearly don't want to mention who they're fighting against. Yes. It's just the enemy. It's just we're the good guys and there's bad guys out there. We're not going to engage in any sort of geopolitical politics. No. But we'll say it is just a movie, isn't it, in some ways? So that's fine. Yeah, I'm kind of struggling with how I feel about that because there's something like after the first Top Gun movie, recruitment to the navy increased by like 400 percent or something ridiculous like that Mm. and had that not happened i think it would be easier to review the original top gun film in a vacuum but given that that happened and that decisions were made about the story structure with input from the navy Mm. it makes me feel a little uneasy yeah i'd I'd known about that in some degree, but I wasn't until I saw that that thread on Twitter mm-hmm. um, that I sent you. We can try and rustle up where they put that in context in terms of how America was feeling about the military in the eighties. Yeah, they were just sort of coming down from Vietnam and what a disaster that was, and people weren't um, as into the military. And then this movie comes along, and it doesn't really just say, "Hey, actually, military is great." It makes it look like the most fun thing ever, mm. the coolest guys in the whole entire world have the need for speed, and so you can definitely see um, how that, you know, for better or worse, propaganda worked, didn't it? Mm-hmm. And given the fact, you know, is it true that they actually put military, like, um, guys in the foyer of the cinemas, recruitment guys? I don't know. I didn't That's hear That's what that. they say, mm. yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe, maybe on one level they are just storylines and stories that we can, you know, get escape into for a few hours at a time. On the other hand, there's real world, real world implications, which we can't exactly ignore. Do you want to be a military fighter pilot now? No. Looks pretty cool, doesn't it? Looks too hectic for me. <laughs> okay. Like I get car sick very easily. Yeah, How am I going to go on yeah. a plane? Yep. I don't think you'd go well with ten Gs of force against you. I, I don't think I'd do well with the blacking out and the sp- death spin. Like, no, mm. just no, thank you. I'm mm. fine on the ground. What about this movie in terms of how the original Top Gun made Tom Cruise a star mm. and then he was the biggest star in the world for about 20 years, then he waned for a little while and 
you know, I think he's well, he's back on top now, but it almost feels like he's the last movie star in some ways, doesn't it? Yeah. That, that traditional sense of movie star of somebody you literally have to go out in the first weekend to watch his movie at, on the big screen rather than you just watch his stuff gets dumped on a streaming service. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's holding out. The end of an era. Yeah, and I think some of that is a bit overplayed on Twitter to a certain degree. Because um, I think, you know, it wasn't like this is the first movie to make uh, money since COVID. Spider-Man made bloody billion dollars. Mm-hmm. But there is a little bit of that. It's part of a wider franchise, isn't it? And obviously Top Gun is, is also part of a franchise, but it feels like its own movie and it's a bit of a, a refreshing. It's not just uh, the, the next chapter of a engrossing story where everyone's waiting for the the, the cameos from Glop Glop or whatever. <laughs> it kind of feels more like a real movie. And, and given the fact they, they did all the stunts and they flew the planes for the most part, like it's, it's pretty wild. Mm. I don't know if they flew... The Top Gun planes, there's a video I'll link in the show notes. Often they had actual Top Gun instructors flying and they were in right. the back. Um, oh, but they, they're up there. I mean, they weren't oh, just yeah. in a studio with green no. screen all around it. it. It was such an interesting way to film it because, as I said, I'll link the video. So basically they had no contact with the director while they were up filming. Mm. And the actors had to hit record on the camera equipment in the plane themselves and had right. no feedback on their performance until they come all the way back down and then they watch the take and then get directions and then go up again. <laughs> um, and it was interesting like, to think about what a specific challenge that would have been for the actors mm. to not get any feedback until the whole thing's done and dusted. Yeah, interesting that, way that's, to shoot film. It's high stakes, isn't it? Yeah. Um, should we talk about the cast? Like Tom mm. Cruise, obviously, he is the movie star, and, and he's there. He kind of he's a bit generous in this film. He gives it over to he does a bit, yeah, to the to the younger <laughs> cast. But it's always kind of like, yeah, but he's doing that. It's he's only giving them a bit of time because he's going to be the guy at the end who does save the day. Mm. But you know, whatever. Miles Teller, interesting career so far with Miles Teller. It feels mm. like he was really coming up at one point. And then, you know, COVID happened, of course, but it has been a few few years since we've probably seen him on the on the big screen. Yeah. What do you think of him in this film? He was great. I mean, he looks a lot like his so-called dad. Yeah. Um. So Goose and Meg Ryan named their son Bradley Bradshaw. <laughs> I didn't notice that. That's his name. Oh, really? Hmm. That's a bit. No, no good. I can see why it went with Rooster. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he didn't get sock when he did his generation. <laughs> yeah, practically Bradshaw, that's weird, isn't it? It's weird. Now, <laughs> uh, yeah, his, his storyline, it wasn't particularly across it, right? Mm-hmm. So the idea is that he doesn't hate Tom Cruise, Maverick, for... Um, being involved with the death of his father, mm-hmm. he hates him because he pulled his papers at the at the academy. Yeah, is that something that Maverick can go do? Apparently, he can go just like tell them not to admit someone to the military training academy. Apparently, but they, they set him up as someone who's like not not. He's on the liked. outer. He's yeah. on the outer for everyone. Not like he's not like Iceman, who's in this film, is like you know, mm. is he the the body in charge of the general of the army or whatever? 
with the Navy. I felt that was a kind of a weird thing. Isn't that misconduct to like pull someone's papers? Probably. Anyway, he did it. <laughs> and I can I can see why Miles got upset if that's what For happened. sure, yeah. Yeah, interesting. The other the other fighters we have, um, we've got Glenn Powell, who again, I think this could be his real presentation to the world. Hmm. Um he was, he was basically the new Maverick, wasn't he? Very cocky. He was, um, yeah. What do you think of him? It was great. Everyone was great in this. Okay. Well, my, my favourite was Bob, as I mentioned. Absolutely. Um, you know, he's Bill Pullman's son. Is he really? Yeah, in real life. Huh. But he was great because, yeah, he was a nerdy sort of fella, but he was just as good as anybody else. Um, Barbara. Sorry, Monica. Uh, Barbara is Phoenix. It's good to have a girl fighter up there. Yeah, just the one token girl fighter. Just the one. Just That's the one's fine. enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, the other, most of the other fighters are kind of just sort of there, <laughs> but that's fine. You got to have some of the guys in the background. Um, John Ham, I've never seen someone pull the exact same face in every scene, but it works. Is John Ham a good actor? Oh, okay. Here she is. I haven't seen Mad Men, so I'm happy to be disproved. But does he not just play the same character? Oh, okay. He doesn't like handsome men. Interesting. <laughs> also in this, it's like he doesn't really have much of a role. There's got to be someone who's there telling Tom Cruise that he's, he's no good. And but Ed Harris was there to do that. Well, that's that's what's going to come to. Ed Harris is in one scene. Yeah. Bit of a waste. Of... Did we need both of them? They still have the same yeah, story function. Pretty much, hey. I, I would have liked Ed Harris to come back again if he was somebody who yeah. was the highest tie guy, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, well, speaking of admirals, mm-hmm. Val Kilmer makes an appearance as Iceman. Yeah. And um, if you're not aware, and obviously we're talking about spoilers, in, in real life Val Kilmer's had um, throat cancer over the last few years. And he's, I think he might have lost the, the use of his voice altogether by now. He has, yeah. Yeah. Um, and they, they deal with it in a really thoughtful way in the film yeah they, they incorporate it don't they? yeah so apparently his um lines in the film were generated by ai mm. who listened to his voice over years over the years and put the intonation and things in which is really interesting yeah so he's played a sort of guardian angel role in tom mm. cruise's um, career maverick's career um yeah which is quite sweet given the fact that they were rivals for the for most of the first film yeah that's one thing i'm a little bit unsure about the first film ends with tom cruise deciding he wants to go back to be a top gun instructor Mm -hmm. but then they say the film well that ended after two months he couldn't handle it yeah i was kind of like oh that kind of does that undercut the the point of the first movie (laughs) yeah well this is interesting and i was going to raise it with you like what you think about like now we're in sort of this era where we go back and make sequels to old movies that didn't have sequels like mm-hmm. back when top gun was released it wasn't in vogue to have a million sequels on the same film you wanted something new and fresh mm. how do you feel about like going back however many years later like 30 40 years later to be able to yeah follow on the story the old legacy sequel mm. you can see so many films are following the force awakens path 
you bring some new guys in, you bring some old guys, some of the old guys die and sort of pass on the torch, but then you keep a couple around. Um, you kind of you hit the beats of the first one, maybe not in the exact same order, but you do have callback scenes like the dancing and singing in the bar. Mm-hmm. There's some both of these and the very opening shots. So I thought they yeah. exactly the same yeah. <laughs> in the music. Um, well, it's a nice homage, isn't it, having the theme? It's nice homage, but I think in some ways it undercuts what happens in the first one. Mm-hmm. A bit like just exactly like The Force Awakens where we can't have there being uh, they, they revert the characters back to what they were at the very beginning of the series rather than extending them. Mm-hmm. So, like, you know, for whatever reason they decided that um, after the events of the, the original trilogy, Han Solo just goes back to being a smuggler. Yeah. And he and he's a deadbeat dad and whatever, and he he just sort of, I don't know, wouldn't it be nice to see him now he's, like, actually the president of the galaxy or whatever? Mm. Um, just sort of that's character growth and that's different. Like, but at the same time, we want to see our characters sort of as they are. So it's a bit of a push-pull there. It seems like a similar complaint that I have with Marvel movies sometimes in that because they have a new director on each each iteration, they don't deal with the threads that were left by the previous film. Yeah, so I guess to the point where nothing matters because you're not really building upon each Yeah, step. like you take Thor's eye away and cut his hair, right, mm-hmm. and Mjorn here, and then the next episode... He gets an eye. In the film franchise, he gets an eye, his hair's back, and he gets a, another gets hammer, an you know. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I, I've always found that odd that they don't say yes and to those, you know, opportunities. Well, that's it. Instead of uh, Maverick learning from the experiences in the first film, mm. it seems like he just sort of reverted back to almost, you just been in stasis for 35 years or whatever. Yeah. Just because the film kind of picks up where it left off. Mm-hmm. Could have been more interesting, perhaps, if Tom Cruise was the admiral, and then, mm. you know this this fast rebel maverick kid that we saw has become responsible, and then for whatever reason he's got to, maybe he sees in Miles Teller what he used to be, and he's got to set him right. You know, I'm not saying it's better a film. I'm just saying it kind of seems a little bit of a shame that it's almost like the first film's ending is kind of undercut and undermined by this film. Anyway. Still liked it. Yeah. We haven't talked about the best character yet. Jennifer Connelly. Yes. Love her. Always loved her. It's so interesting to me that um, Kelly McGillis didn't blow up as a bigger star after the original Top Gun. Oh, totally. And she was was magnetic in that film, wasn't she? She was perfect. Yeah. And she was the witness. She was the witness person. Oh, she was. One of the great films. Great film. Um, I, I don't know how I feel about, oh, let's just chuck Jennifer Connelly in there and they've got some sort of history, but we won't really explain it. But here's Jennifer Connelly looking hot AF against leaning against a car. Like, yeah. Look, I, when I heard she was in this film, not having seen the first one, I only watched the first one you know, a few days before this came out. I assume she was in the first one, but no, they just brought her in no. as a new <laughs> character. <laughs> yep. Although I think there is a mention in the first film about um, Maverick having trouble with the, the Admiral's daughter or something. So I think she's that character who's oh, okay. mentioned offhandedly. But yeah, she's pretty much just a new love interest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's a bit. It's also Meg Ryan. <laughs> they killed her character off off screen. 
Yeah. A more delta, I guess. Rewatching the first one, they're a bit too close for comfort, aren't they? Tom Cruise and Meg Ryan. Like, there's arms around each other, really super close, talking at the bar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Inappropriate. There's more going on. I think there's more going on. (laughs) Also, it was interesting hearing some of the uh, cases for queer coding in the first film. Like, Goose gets a six pack and goes over to Maverick's apartment, or vice versa, I can't remember what. And they just like sort of stare at each other longingly from opposite ends of the room with this beautiful warm lighting and this like little theme comes in to play. There's a lot going on there. The volleyball scene? I mean, the volleyball scene is the most (laughs) homoerotic scene I've ever seen in my life. Just these shirtless men that are completely oiled up. I thought it was funny in this film when they have the callback to that where they're playing football on the beach. It's kind of the same but not quite as as tinged with homoeroticism. Mm. It's like Tom Cruise, someone asked him, I think it's John Hamm asking him, like, why are you doing this? He's like, we got all had to be a team. Like, oh, you just worked that out, did you? Do these, these people who are fighting, who are flying airplanes together and for the military have to be a team together? Mm-hmm. Interesting. That, that's probably the first thing I'd probably, one of the first things I'd probably talk about. Yeah. But they did do it. And I, I guess the idea is that these guys are all the best fire fire. What was I trying to say? Flight Fighter pilots? pilots? Fighter pilots in their sort of divisions. And so you, mm. you bring all the top guys together, of course, it's going to be, they're going to be fighting for who's going to be the, the top dog. But mm-hmm. I was like, it's your job to like do missions together. You should probably, shouldn't have to have some sort of backhanded way of learning that lesson, you know? For sure. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm just reading here. Was Manny Jacinto in this film? Was he? He was Fritz, apparently. One of the firefighters. Did not pick him up in the background. I feel like I would have known that. You think so, wouldn't you? There you go. Now, some people tonight are saying that the last 30 minutes or so of this film mm-hmm. were some of the best action scenes put on to our screens ever yeah interesting well that leads me into a lovely point i'd like to resurrect a segment on the podcast Mm. um called six shots and cool moments that you might remember from the batman (laughs) right i thought it was gonna be something about wigs or i mean the wigs were fine six (laughs) shots and cool moments this whole film is full of them Mm. i think my favorite part is the sort of how they have to once they scale the mountain probably should explain what's going on 
They have to infiltrate a nuclear base and blow up the base before a package gets delivered to them or something. Mm. There's this really tight thing in the mountains and they have to like fly their planes really fast and really close to the mountains. Anyway, so when they're going up the mountain almost vertically and then they have to like flip and go back upside down, Mm. that was just so cool, so unbelievably cool. And I was on the edge of my seat throughout that whole set piece. I was a bit concerned so when Maverick gets shot down and he almost dies and then um, Rooster mm. comes and saves him, I was like, oh, is he going to get captured by the enemy and now we're doing like a war prison movie? But I'm glad that they didn't go that direction. And once they stole the enemy's plane, I was so back on board because that was amazing. Um, it's a nice little subversion of expectations there. But I was waiting the whole film for Maverick to die. I thought, like you mentioned earlier, that it would be a sort of passing of the baton to Miles. Mm. Obviously not because it's Tom Cruise and he gets to do what he wants. Do you know that he developed a three-month training plan for all the other actors about what it's like to be in a plane and stuff? Imagine you're the actual consultants, right? The actual Top Mm. Gun consultants being employed to, to lend your expertise to shooting this film. And some actor walks in and goes, no, we're not doing that. We're doing my three-month training plan. Would you not be so annoyed? That reminds me of stories of um, an actor who went into started doing directing and made every actor use his method. Oh, my God. Russell Crowe is the person I've heard of. (laughs) I don't know if it's actually true. But he wouldn't let them act their way. He made them use his way, apparently. (sighs) You feel like Tom Cruise might be a bit like that. Yes. Yeah, for sure. It gets results somehow. I've also figured out um, why I wouldn't be a good fighter pilot. Too short? Well, no. Oh, okay. And also there's the motion sickness thing. No, the thing that would really be be difficult for me is, you know when they're stealing the enemy's plane, right? Mm. And Maverick goes to Rooster... Right, I'm going to get in the plane and then you're going to put the ladder up and then you're going to unplug these things when it reaches this on the little dial thing and then you're going to do this and this. And he just knows how... I'd be like, so sorry, sorry, can you just say the first thing again? I know we're in a hurry, but, like, I didn't catch all that. Am I doing the plugs first? Write this down. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) How do you remember all those things and in that order? (laughs) Too much pressure. Why did he only pull his papers once? (laughs) Sorry, I'm back on that. (laughs) If you really didn't want to do it, why did he not do it all the time? <sighs> he was like, oh, I tried once, all right then. Off I guess that's fine, yeah. <laughs> what did you think about the decision that he made not to tell him why? Yeah, that was kind of like, he's done a bad thing, but he's got a really good reason. He can't, all, he can't be mad because he's Tom Cruise, is what I, the impression <laughs> I got, you know. But he never communicated <laughs> that to Rooster. He probably like, should have told him, yeah. Rooster just gets over it out of his own volition because they had this really traumatic bonding experience doing this mission yeah. together. Uh-huh. I don't know. Weird. Yeah, that could have been better. It's They needed a reason for him to hate him, but they probably didn't want him to hate him because of the death in the first film because it wasn't really Tom Cruise's fault in that sense. Mm. So they had to think of something else, but then he had to be had to have a moral reason to do it, you know, I guess. I guess. Another sick shot. Yes. They're all, shot. They're all sick shots, let's be honest. They're all incredible, yeah. A very small moment, which I thought was really well played, was when, they, when Tom Cruise and Jennifer Connelly hook up and then he climbs out the the window 
Yes. And jumps down, and then you just know what's going to happen, but it's just lovely to see it. It was nice, wasn't it? Climbing out the window, looks up, and she there's the daughter. Mm. <laughs> yeah. It's a nice little comedy moment. Yeah, and it's a really well made film. It's, let's be honest, I think that's what people are responding to, as well as all the everything else going along with this with Tom Cruise and, you know, the military propaganda and all that. Mm. I think it was just really well done. I think so too. And I think it's been a while since we've had a true, like, summer blockbuster. It's not really summer for us, but mm. a proper film, like a proper movie movie in terms of, like, action and mm-hmm. quite predictable story beats, but doing it really well and... Yeah, and, like, a self-contained story. Yes, yeah. Like, a lot of people we know... They're not as into like the Marvel films as we are, and so it's like oh Doctor Strange too, but you have to have seen One Division mm. and also Avengers, and it's the twenty fifth film out of you know hundred that are in, in production. Mm-hmm. Um, you you might go and enjoy it even if you don't know all those things, but you are kind of missing a lot of it, aren't you? Um, there's no there's no scene in this film where John Krasinski turns up and everyone gasps in the theater, and you're like, Who, "What's he supposed to be? What's going on?" <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it, yeah. it is just this good story well told. That mm-hmm. it's one for the dads. So I actually messaged my dad as soon as I got out of the cinema and said, "Hey, I've just seen this movie. You probably really like it because he really likes the original." Yeah. He goes, "Yep, already seen it. Loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Eleven out of ten. <laughs> oh, wow. Um, it's just really, it's really fun. Like I was watching it and. Mm-hmm. The cinema that I was in was quite crowded and there were actually a few older people, older than me there, and they were loving it. They were like riding the highs and lows, like grandma over there was having a giggle. Mm -hmm. Like it's such a nice way to get the whole family to enjoy something together. Um, And I thought there were enough twists and turns in the narrative to make it compelling, like Mm -hmm. stealing the plane, being behind enemy lines, enough interpersonal conflict between maverick and um mm-hmm. rooster like i just yeah there's oh. some issues some ethical issues about army stuff navy stuff and maybe a couple of story things were sort of hand waved but overall it was really fun well that's it saying so why do we go to the movies we want to be enthralled in a, in a thrilling story you want to watch beautiful people you want to ride the, the ups and downs and we want to, you know, leave with a smile on our face mm. most of the time. Mm-hmm. That's what happens here. Absolutely. Yeah, it's. And do you, do you subscribe to the theory that you know Tom Cruise saw that the cinemas were dying and that you know, streaming is taking over, and so he's like, okay, I'm gonna try and kill myself on screen. Just gonna push the limits of human endurance, and yeah. then people have to come see me. See this <laughs> thing, isn't it? Where we were wondering. I think saw the trailer for this when we watched ambulance is that correct likely yeah yeah and we i think we said to each other that it's sort of getting a bit ridiculous now with tom cruise's stunts isn't it like he just (laughs) wants to do crazier and crazier things on film to the point where he's almost dying for me it didn't get in the way of this film as much as i thought it would going in but also yeah. it's like, what are we doing? Is it tied up with his weird Scientology where he thinks he's going to be resurrected as like a lizard man or something? Or like there's something going on there that's not quite right. I don't know. I, that's always been the theory, hasn't it? Although I don't think it's actually true, but the rumour is that eventually the Mission Impossible films will go to space because oh he's God. done everything he can on Earth. <laughs> 
he's like he's, he's pretty old, isn't he? Like he's what sixty. What's the thing? I I didn't think he was that old, and then I saw like some behind the scenes footage or something, and I'm like, wow, are you are you okay, sir? He's fifty nine. He. I mean, in some instances, he looks 59. In some instances, he doesn't. Mm. Did you notice the teeth? Yeah, I, do. I always look at his teeth these days. So we shouldn't you, make fun of him for this. It's his I'm own not making fun of it for him. Yeah. I'm, just listeners, I'm going to tell you something that is fundamentally going to change how you watch movies that Tom Cruise is in in the future. So if you don't want to have your worldview shaken, you can skip ahead a few minutes, okay? So Tom Cruise has a single front tooth. It's in the middle of his face, his whole like jaw, teeth. What's that called? The bit with all your teeth in the inside bit. Your jowl? No, I don't your know. Mand- your mandibles? Isn't that your jaw? I don't know. I don't know. It's like twisted in his mouth. And he's obviously had yeah. braces or Invisalign in between the first Top Gun and this Top Gun because his teeth are straighter. But still that little shiny, shiny tooth in the middle of his mm. face. Interesting. And you know what I think it is, Lonnie? I think it actually contributed to his, um, like, appeal as a handsome man because people are attracted to imperfect things, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. you look at him and you're like, oh, something's there's something different about you. I can't quite pick what it is. Sort of this je ne sais quoi. Mm-hmm. Turns out it's a little tooth. <laughs> That's it, is it? Yeah. So he's, like, on one hand very traditionally attractive but then there's mm. something a little bit different a little bit off i think that's true i think people like that like you know some people worry about they've got a big nose or they've mm. you know if they've got a big smile or something but it is that imperfection that actually makes them look that's it. interesting and brings you in what's yeah. mine today because i've got the very normal nose i've got the very normal features i mean you're the most regular guy um one of my ears sticks out a bit is that it i mean maybe i mm-hmm. haven't noticed that to be honest Interesting. Don't care. Hmm. <laughs> um, am I allowed to air some grievances from the first Top Gun film? Yes. There's course. just two that I, well, maybe three that I want to touch on. I have to talk about the bar scene. From the first? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Leave her alone. Don't serenade <laughs> her with all your mates. Just you know, take no for an answer. It's really interesting you say that because, you know, even though I didn't see Top Gun until recently, it was, um, you know, something I kind of knew the, the beats of and I'd seen bits and pieces of over the years just through osmosis or whatever. And I thought that scene was like, you know, a pivotal scene towards the end or something like, you know, like a, a bonding scene for the characters oh. who come together. They just pretty much, it's in the first 10 minutes. They yeah. just throw it in there, don't they? Yeah. They're happy to be each other's wingmen for getting laid. It's kind of like it's it's not even it's not like a coming together of the team. It's it's just a like almost introduction to the characters, which is very strange. It is strange. I was not expecting it like that. Follow on from that. Hmm. Don't follow women into the bathrooms. Don't follow women into the bathrooms and prevent them mm-hmm. from leaving and bend over them with your arms on the counter. Don't do that. How's this go with your Steve Buscemi rule, no? What's my Steve Buscemi rule? Would it be? Would it still be cute? That's if your Shimmy rule. I thought you said that rule. No, I've never said it's that. Definitely rule. your rule. It is definitely no. okay. We'll you have to go it. back and listen back to all to the, the podcasts. Everybody, everybody, stop! Go back and listen from from the beginning. A hundred percent, it's your thing. Exactly. Even if you look like Tom Cruise, which I'm guaranteeing that you don't, don't follow women into bathrooms. 
leave them alone. Well, really, only do that if you if they ask you to. That's not the sort of thing you can like take a take a punt on. No, no. We worked it well here, but that doesn't happen the rest of the time. Okay. Also, I tweeted about this, and Patrick Linton also tweeted, and I was like, "Oh my god, we had the same thought." So sweaty. Everyone is so sweaty, especially on the ship. Just mm. no fans, no air conditioning. Yeah, I was looking for the sweat in the second film. Didn't see it as much. Not as much, which was nice. But they just have people like a whole team of sponges. Just well, they use oil, don't they? Why do they really? Yeah, they use baby oil because it hangs around a bit longer than water, obviously, like sweat water. So they're all greased up all the time, which just sounds so uncomfortable. Mm. Um, but on on that note, my other gripe with the original. So he goes he goes and plays volleyball, right, on the beach all day. Sweaty, hot, sand everywhere. You're in jeans, firstly, which just why would you ever do that? Yeah, I didn't get that. <laughs> And then you get on, you put your shirt back on and you get on your motorbike and you ride to this person's place for a date and you ask her if you can borrow her shower. Yeah. And then she says no. And so you're sitting there all sweaty (laughs) for like two hours while you have the date. I know. Like, it's a weird thing to ask, but you probably can't say no to that lady. Like, you... you, That's... He's just sitting there, like, stinking. Mm. No. Weird moment. And it's almost, he didn't even finish the volleyball game. Like, if you're going to be late anyway, I know. <laughs> might as well finish it. <laughs> oh, dear. Anyway. Do you think there's room for another, another Top Gun film, or is this kind of it? It kind of felt like a, a end of the storyline for me, to be honest. It sort of did, because because there wasn't that passing of the baton, I think. He's still out there, isn't he? It seemed more of a farewell to Tom Cruise than a hello to a new group of people. Um. I think I'd worry as well that it's kind of they've, they've caught magic here again mm-hmm. by making a superior sequel 35 years later. It doesn't happen very often. No. And you'd be kind of chasing that again. You might not get there. But I'm a bit concerned that they might because we're in this era of everything needs 20 sequels. Yeah. I hope I they don't. Dim- Diminishing returns, I think, for this sort of film. I think it has to be an event. Mm. I think after a while, you're like, oh, okay, another mission, another fire, <laughs> fire plane. Fireplane. Fireplane. There we go. There you go. Okay, ranking time. <sighs> Listen, when I walked out of the cinema, hmm. I had a different perception of the film than I do now, and hearing you highlight some of those little story elements that didn't quite work has made me drop my rating a little. Mm-hmm. Ah. Nah, stuff it. Four and a half stars. <laughs> I'll go four and a half too. It was just a great night of the movies, wasn't it? It was just really fun. Mm-hmm. It was really great. I think it has to be seen on the big screen. Oh, for sure. If you can yeah. see this, yeah, in a cinema, well, go for question. it. We don't have to. It's not all about Oscars, right? But do you reckon mm-hmm. I might get a nod? Nah. Do you reckon? No. Okay. I think him? Maybe. No, no. No, okay. I, I just don't know. Is this an Oscar movie? This seems like a movie made for the people rather than the critics. Yeah, that's fair enough. I, I know critics are people too, but you know what I mean. Well, I just, <laughs> <laughs> I, I just feel like it's it's a really well made film. Why not be nominated at all the Oscar Sam Raiders, whatever? But oh, I agree. I just don't know. If, I don't know. Maybe like sound design out. or something. They always give those get always technical awards. Mm. But it also might be like this is their chance to give Tom Cruise an, an award. 
Yeah, true. Yeah. He probably won't slap anyone. Has he anyone, had an Oscar so. yet? No, he's had a few knives and no, no wins. Isn't that interesting? So it could be like his career sort of award, you know? Mm-hmm. All right, well, that's been us talking about Tom Cruise's <laughs> Top Gun Maverick. Uh, we'll be back soon with more podcasts about all sorts of films. We've got a big catalogue, haven't we, Sine? We do. We have a sparse front catalogue, but, you know, we'll figure it out. Some other stuff coming out. We've got to bloody catch up with some streaming things, probably. Mm-hmm. Kenobi, maybe? I don't know. Maybe. <sighs> we'll see. <laughs> they can't all be bloody Top Gun Mavericks, tell you what. No, that's um, for sure. You please follow us on Twitter, you get caught up there, and you get in touch. It'd be nice to have a chat about things. Um, I post funnies on there. No one cares, but I post funnies. Okay. You don't even know what they're from. You message me and be like, what were I saying this about again? <laughs> oh, just, there's just, you know, there's so much good stuff that I can't remember it all, you know? Oh, uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> all right then. Well, we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Bye. Isn't that interesting? So it could be like his career sort of award, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that's like I'm making fun of it is, you. It literally just <laughs> mocked me. He just mimicked me back to myself. <laughs> uh, okay. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.